It's time for the Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on this Saturday, May 16th, the day before St. Patrick's Day, but that doesn't mean anything. The boyos have been, they're all over the place here. Bobby Brooks was just in. He He's looking at his finest Irish with his Irish tie on, and uh, he's got his... Uh, Got his green green derby in the hat in his car, I think. So, uh, uh, and uh, Johnny Costello will be in later, and of course Paul Sullivan, and uh, I mean, I think they're going to be everywhere. I, I don't have a schedule where they're going to be, but I heard they're going to be they're going to be like uh, I don't know, they're going to be like lightning. They're going to be all over the place. So, and all I can do is wish them the best. And uh, I want to thank the uh, good folks at Captain Parker's for having us down at the uh, Captain Parker's restaurant and pub last week for the St. Patrick's Day parade down the Cape. It was a fantastic time. It was uh, it was crowded. It was fun. The parade was fantastic. Um, it was probably one of the biggest Cape Cod parades there was, and probably one of the reasons was the uh, Grand Marshal of the parade was Nero. The uh, the uh, uh, police dog that was that was uh, injured uh, during that horrible thing that happened down there. So, but uh, the parade was parade was great. Police were well represented. It was it was a good time all the way around. So, day before St. Patrick's Day, that means we might do a little St. Patrick's Day car trivia coming up. Only so many questions. So, if you've done it before, oh no, there's two giant leprechauns behind me. Uh, but anyway, uh, back to this show. So where we talk about cars and car problems and what goes on. And uh, with us on the phone is Larry Rubenstein. He runs a shop up in Peabody. Larry, good morning and welcome to the Car Doctor Program. Good morning, John. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Getting some uh, warmer weather coming our way finally. And uh, just looking forward to a great summer of fixing cars and fishing. <laughs> there, there you go. You know, as long as you, as long as you get your priorities in there. So, you know, some people fix cars and play golf. Uh, some yeah. people uh, fix cars and race cars. But, uh, you know, you got to have a hobby to break it up. Now, you've been doing this for how long, Larry? Uh, John, if I tell you it's over, over 50 years now I've been doing this. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and tell us about your shop. Well, my shop is located uh, on Route 1 South, uh, three buildings after the Lowell Street exit. Exactly, it's 218 Newberry Street, which mm-hmm. is Route 1 on the southbound side. Yep. And um, years ago, it used to be a Firestone, and uh, they moved out, and the building went up for sale. And I said, uh, this, is a, this is a great opportunity, as I was a Shell dealer, and as you know, right around 1999, Shell got rid of all of its independent dealers. Yep. And uh, because I have a son that was in the business, too, I says, all right, let's see what we can do with it. And 20 years later, here I am. And uh, and how about him? Uh, he is a service manager there, and he is such a great source of pride. You know, we <laughs> it's, a, it's, it, it's a funny story, John. Uh, when he was about five years old, his mom was driving a 69 Plymouth Fury okay. with, the old, with the old 318 engine. Yep. 
was always following Dad around, and he, he was my shadow. And as well, if we're going to do something, this is a Sunday morning. There's nothing to do. Let's take the carburetor off of Mom's car. All right. And we did. And we put it on the kitchen table after we emptied out the gasoline. And I says, take apart every part of it that you can. He did. And I says, okay, now we're going to put it back together again. And how old was he? Five. Five. Okay. Five. And uh, that was his intro into fixing cars. And he was just amazed that we would put it back on the car. We'd hit the key a couple of cranks later. She'd up and running. And I think that's what really piqued his interest in this trade. I, and, thought, uh, I he, thought you were going to tell me that he, that him and his mom were out driving around and the car wouldn't start, and he looked up at her and said, ballast resistor. <laughs> we had one of those in the glove compartment, of course. Everybody did. Everybody did. That was, uh, those were the good, good old days. But the good part is, is that he attended lots of schools and stays up with everything. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing is that he's learned, well, one of the biggest things, I should say, is to learn how the engineer thought what his thought process was when he designed the cars that we all drive today. Yep. And they are a little bit scary, but he's got, a, he's got a great handle on it. He's a great teacher to my employees. And uh, if it wasn't for him, I don't know whether I would have gotten this large shop on Route 1, but as it is, John, it worked out great, and I got to meet a lot of nice people, and it's it's been a hell of a ride. Yeah. And what's the, you know, you mentioned the technology. Is that the biggest challenge today or a customer is the biggest challenge today? It seems like with, you know, you talk to people with, you know, that, that rely on Amazon, Uber, Lyft, Peapod. They're so used to being something instantaneous happens. I, you know, I want to get a ride. I push the, push the button on Lyft and three minutes later, a car comes and picks me up. Do you find that sometimes customers think that, you know, you can, you know, uh, a car problem can be solved in 15 minutes? Well, sure, John. I mean, this has been going on for years. People want it done fast. They want it done cheap and they want it done right. Well, usually they can pick two out of three. Yep. All three is not going to happen. Today's cars, <laughs> compared to, let's say, 30, 40 years ago, are so much better. I, I mean, getting 300,000 miles out of a car today is not really that tough to do. Mm. And I'm talking, mo I'm talking most cars. Um, I mean, as you and I know, there are some dogs out there that you're going to get a buck and a half, a buck seventy-five, yep, yep. and that—that's it. But most cars, if you take care of them, you can get three hundred thousand miles, and that means, in reality, if you do a price comparison, it probably costs you less per day to own a car today than it did thirty years ago because you get that much more use out of it. I mean, you remember back in the fifties and the sixties, if you got seventy thousand miles out of your Chevy, Plymouth, mm -hmm. Dodge, Ford, you were the hero of the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. I, I always tell the story about I was in, uh, I, I live on the South Shore, and I was down to where all the uh, kind of uh, the old-time hot rodders used to hang out. And by old-time, I mean they were probably 25 um, yeah. when I was 16. And yeah. uh and there was a there was a hood up, and I still remember it to this day. It was a Pontiac Catalina. Everybody's standing around, staring under, staring at the engine under the hood. And uh, I was like, "So what's going on?" And they're like, "80,000 miles. He hasn't pulled a valve cover off yet." 
<laughs> you know, and and I mean, it wasn't you know the first shop I ever worked in. It wasn't unusual to do a valve job at twenty five or thirty thousand, and do a and do a rings and barons at eighty five or ninety thousand. Oh sure, I mean you would have walker stands breaking off of these things. You'd have timing chains uh, break, uh, but they were non interference engines back then because the the compression was so low compared to today. Yep. So there was plenty of room in that firing chamber for the valves and the pistons to live, and nobody would crash. Uh, but today's cars, if people do the recommended maintenance, there's no reason in the world why they can't get over two hundred, you know, two hundred thousand plus. I should say, Mike. Although I, I've got to tell you, there was one American-made car. He's my hero, and gosh, I always refer to him. A 1990 Lincoln Town car. I believe it was a 90 because this had the 5.0 engine just before the 4.6s yep. came into play. Half a million miles, John. Wow. And his secret was, the secret to this was, and it's so simple, John, he would rather come in for the oil change at 2,800 2, versus 3,200. Huh. And I'll tell you what finally got this car, a BFI trash truck. Oh, they'll do it, yep. Yeah. No, I, I know a guy who also went that kind of miles and I said to him, what do you, you know, what's your secret? And he said, I drive it like it's a brand new car all the time. He said, I, I get in it in the morning. I start it up. I drive it nice and easy until it warms up. And he said, that's how I've been driving it for 400,000 miles. He said, every single, he said, I don't get in it, start it up, jam it in gear, and put my foot to the floor. I get in it, start it up, let the engine settle down for a few seconds, drive it nice and easy. He said, you know, I'll change my driving as I feel the heat start to come off the heater. But he said, other than that, and he says, I just follow, follow the uh, regular routine maintenance. And he said, 400,000, I think it was 400,000, and it might have been a Pontiac or something. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I you know, it's it's so do- doable. How people abuse cars sometimes upsets me. But you know what? I, what I'm seeing more and more, John, is that besides fixing cars, and I know that you talk to people all the time, you almost have to be a parent to these people. Like, you know, I had a car in just just the other day, and the radiator is just gushing out on. I mean, the seam yep. is split because nowadays it's all aluminum radiators and crimp sides and you know, it's not like like the old old days where you could fix them. And I says, uh, "Listen, your radiator's pouring out. Uh, well, I'll come back next next week." Now I've known this family for a long time, and I had to say, uh, "No, you won't. This car isn't going anyplace, so you're going to end up spending three thousand dollars for a re- reman engine if you don't take yep. care of it now." Yeah. And you know, I I, I hate. Being a parent like that, but I think it's the best thing for my customers is to give them the guidance that they need. So in in this job, especially where I fixed cars in the same family, you know, for three yeah. generations, you, you did the parents, their children, and now their children are getting into cars too. Sometimes you've got to be that guy to say, no, no, you aren't driving this because you're going to destroy it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of a weird feeling, but you know, as time goes on, and I and I start seeing the third generation of these families, I find myself in that position more and more. 
Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. And and I remember a, a, a guy you know owned a owned a shop, and he was he was the same way. And he he actually lost a customer every now and again because he would he would be kind of the same way with him. It's like, look, you know, you know, if you don't care about your car, and if you just want to go out and buy another car before you need to, that's fine. Go ahead and do it. But you know, don't you know, don't bring it here if you don't want me to fix it. And and he, you know, people either loved him for that or felt like they, they were putting, he was putting pressure on them, but he wasn't. He just cared about their car and cared about them and didn't want them to break down. Well, that is the, that is the double-edged sword, John, uh, when you go to fix, fix cars. I mean, sometimes, uh, and you've been to a lot of shops, and you know what I'm talking about, you, a car comes in just for a simple oil change, you know, and you see the, the lower control arm falling off. And you bring the customer out to the, out to the shop, and you show them, hey, this needs to be, to be done. Now they came in with the full intent of spending maybe forty five dollars yep. to change the oil. By the time that they leave, they have a uh, two hundred and fifty dollar job, and then they may go home to their neighbors and say, hey, Charlie, oh, they're yep. mowing the lawn. Yep. God willing, in a in a month we'll be doing that. And the mowing the lawn says, yeah, I just went down to Route One Auto Service. And I had the oil change. Yeah, it cost me $250. And they don't fully explain what was done for the 250 And now you look like you're being a thief, you know? Yep. yep. No, that, so it, th- it, those it, things it, happen. It's kind of a double-edged sword. But at the end of the day, I can go home. I can look myself in the mirror and say, we've done a good thing today. And mm-hmm. that's really what it's all about. Because it's not just about making money. Mm-hmm. It's 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 more with did you do the right thing? Yep. No, that, that's that's always important. Is there um is there any car that you guys just go, you know, we we just don't work on these. Um. I mean, I know some people like you know are certain parts like you know some people say you know I'll I'll do I'll do brakes and suspension on Volvos all day long, but you know if you come in with a check engine light on a Volvo, if I I'll I'll look at it, but if it's you know something now, take it to a Volvo specialist or a dealer or you know anything like that, or you guys try to do a little bit of everything. It's 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 interesting that you bring up the the Volvo. The Volvo is is a car that they sort of hide the repair info on it more so than any other car. And I know that right to repair is something that yep. you've got involved in, and I have too. For some reason, Volvo gets away with only giving you what by law they, they have to versus many of the other car companies. But I did have one just the other day I said no to. And, John, I don't know whether you even heard of this, as you may or may not know, we install the breathalyzers in cars yep. for people that have been convicted twice mm-hmm. of DUI. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you. And if the governor has his way, it's going to be on the first conviction, by the way. But uh, Yeah. Um, Mothers Against Drunk Driving is a very strong force, and they have been pushing this. And I think, it, and I personally, maybe it's because I don't drink, but I think it's a very good thing. You know, if they want to harm themselves, there's nothing I can do. But if they're out there driving intoxicated under the influence and now smoking marijuana, yep, uh, it's not such a good good thing. But so they called up and uh, they said, "Can you do an install?" And John, get this on a 2018 Jaguar S Pace. Oh, really? okay. 
Did you ever even hear of that one? Yeah, yeah. You don't see you don't see you don't see too many of those around. That's for sure. I had no wiring on it, and yep. I had to say, "No, I'm sorry, I can't do that." You know, you know, if the, if they're going to use a car because they're con- convicted of a DUI or something of that sort, then you know, go out and buy yourself a 2005 Corolla. You know, <laughs> something just to get you yeah. around. And you know, speaking of driving, just. Dis- distracted i was uh, i have to road test a lot of cars during the day you know one thing that's changed john and nobody really touches upon it and it's really upsetting to me is the radio slash navigation screen in cars now it is such a distraction oh yeah the cars the radios don't have knobs no they, no in, in fact uh honda a couple i think it was two years ago did away with the volume knob. They put it back finally, but but they're like, oh no, we're going to have the touch screen, and it's like, no, no, you know, people people need volume and tuning knobs, and the same thing with, you know, if you have to take your eyes off the road to figure out how to turn the heat up and down, there's a problem. That's right. Yep. And now back in the days when they had knobs on cars, you could clearly keep your eyes on the road, and you could just feel over yeah, there. And you, you did, you did it by braille. Yep. The car for a couple of weeks. So I'm. I'm hoping this is something that will change. I mean, even if you have steering wheel controls, which yep. most of the cars do now, you still have to look at that touch screen yep. no. to figure out where you are going with it. Do you have to push up, push down, left? No, right, we're, right, so, right. we're starting to see it go the other way a little bit. We're starting to see more knobs and buttons start to come back. Now, are you a, are you an inspection garage, too? No. No, no John. And um, I chose not to be because... It could be perceived that cars were being filled to enhance revenue. So I wanted to be on the end of it. I am a uh, registered repair shop in Mass. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be on the end of it that made it right. I didn't want to be the bad guy. When I I did have inspections, when I had a service facility over in Peabody on Lowell Street, I didn't make any friends because I wouldn't do a halfway job. Right, right. Yeah, I noticed. I noticed starting April first, people that drive for Uber and Lyft are going to have to get a second inspection. And That's a great idea. Yeah. So, it, and it's going to cover things like, uh, you know, did the, you know does uh, does the heater work? Do all you know are there, uh, you know, why are the seats broken? Do the uh, if somebody opens a door, does a warning light go off inside of it? Do all the you know, windows and door handles work the way they're supposed to. Um, they're adding a second inspection into the into the first, so it's done with the regular safety inspection, but it's an enhanced safety inspection for Lyft and Uber drivers. How much more are they charging for that, John? I think fifteen dollars more. That's not bad. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. You know, it, this whole Uber and Lyft thing scares me. Um, you read a lot of stories. What goes on, and is it really any different? Then sticking your thumb out and hoping that somebody picks you up. You don't know who this person is. Yeah. Yeah, you kinda you kinda hope that they've been somehow, you know, vetted through some source, but uh, I don't think so. I I know somebody that was doing in fact I know a few people that were doing it for part time income, yep. John, and there was no real interview process or anything, you know, they just signed up for yep. it and uh, the whole Uber Lyft thing, it's great. Number one, it hurts the taxi industry, who these people paid a lot of money for the medallions yeah. that they have to have. 
And, um, you know, the taxi company itself is insured, has a re- responsibility. They mm-hmm. have to be interviewed for the job. And Uber, Lyft, geez, John, I mean, it's handy as heck, but it scares the hell out yeah. of me. Yeah. Now, people may have heard you on Thursday night on uh, on WBZ Radio. You were, yes, you were on talking... You're on talking cars there. Uh, how often? How often do you do that? We do. Uh, we do Dan Ray's show about uh, four times a four times a year. Yep. And uh, we've been doing WBZ now for 20 years. Uh, we started off in uh, 2000, uh, just after 9/11. Hmm. And uh, it's 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 been it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we get to talk to a lot of folks, give out a lot of good info. Uh, what things that what you would do and I do, it's such a great public service. And like, and like I previously said, these are one of these type of jobs that at the end of the day you can turn around and you can say, you know what, I did a good, good thing today. Yep. You know, and further, because it's hard for people to get through onto WBZ once we start cooking over there, is I let people call me on Thursdays between 3 and 4. Yep. And uh, try to help. Try, help try to do the same thing. Too. Yeah. Yep. No. And in fact, maybe. Um, did you did you for a very short period of time do a program on WESX? Twenty five <laughs> twenty five years ago. Oh yes, indeed. As did you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say because because of you is why I ended up there. Because uh, you did it for a little while, and something, I guess it didn't work out or whatever. And, and I talked to, at the time, John Nicholson down at WJDA, and I was doing a program on a little network. And uh, they got to a position where uh, they, they wanted me to pay to be there. And I said, I don't think so. And I left. I talked to John Nicholson at WJDA, and I said, John, I'd love to do a program here, but... Um, and that was back when I think Brad Sears was there at one point. There was, a, uh, I'm starting to say, a bunch of us old timers. And, uh, well, yeah. and and he said to me, "Well, you know what? Uh, you know the, the the guy we got up at WESX. It's just something's not working. So I I have to thank you for uh, not doing it. I guess. Well, what 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 happened over at WESX is when I had a service station and I had gas pumps, yep. we were open seven seven days a week there. The service was the service end was five and a half days a week, which always turned into six. Yep. And I was writing a newspaper column then too. And John, I just had too many things going on at yep. once, and I was exhausted. Yeah, and that's and that's what and that's what John said. He said you just uh, was too much. It was it was too much stuff to do, and you decided, and and it worked out. So I have to thank you for that. Well, and uh, thank you for taking that show over you. And I did listen, and you did a great job. You you really did. Um, you know, and Brett, you, you brought up the, the name Brad Sears. Brad Sears is the one that actually got me into the whole talk radio thing. Uh, I had gone to Brad's class. As you know, Brad ran many, many classes. Yep. And um, I was very interested as I was always learning more and more. And mm-hmm. he said, why don't you come in and watch how the, how the radio show was show done. And at that time, it was in Boston over on Stewart Street. Yep. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I was doing that. I was going in and enjoying it and helping him out and doing a little bit of talking here and there. And uh, my 40th birthday was coming around. It was so many, uh, <laughs> so long ago. And he called me on the phone and he said to me, 
Hi, Larry. I said, hi, Brad. How you doing? He said, uh, you're doing the show this Saturday. I'm not coming in. And panic struck in. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that was my first show. And from there, it's just been constant. And I brought my son in on it. My yep. son, first show, he wouldn't open his mouth. And now I can't get him to shut yes. up. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's really taken yep. to it. I brought in one of my employees, Tony's been with yep. me for a wicked long time, and he's now into it, too. And it's just so great to uh, be a part of the media, the Boston media. And I, I thank Brad Sears for that. And, of course, I had full support of my wife. But, hey, John, it was very nerve-wracking. Nerve oh, yeah. No, uh, you know, why I started to do radio was uh, I got called uh, by my bosses i guess at the time i just started with triple a and uh they asked me to go in and do a show on on uh on wbz at five o'clock and, and i remember it was saint patrick's day and i was supposed to go in with one of the public affairs people from triple a and i and i used to run our auto diagnostic center and he calls me up at three in the afternoon and says hey i'm not feeling well can you go in and do it which to me meant he had too much fun at the parade and uh so uh so I, I got all nervous. I, I actually put a suit on to go do radio uh, because I didn't know any better. I, w I got lost going into WBZ, and I said, uh, I went in, and uh, uh, it was with Lavelle Diet. Him and I spent an hour together. And then uh, nice. Then a couple days later, one of the people at work said to me, uh, you know, how'd that work out? And I said, don't ever ask me to do that again. That's not my, I don't like doing that sort of stuff. And a couple weeks you know, later... But yeah. the worst there is yeah. no calls. Yeah. You have nobody sitting there to yeah. bounce things off yeah. of. Yeah. That's the worst thing. That, but Brad taught me. He said, listen, if you want to do, do this, he says, I want you to talk to me about this screwdriver for three minutes. Yeah. Tell me about this screwdriver. How do you tell, talk about a screwdriver yeah. for three minutes? Yeah. But that's what you have to learn yeah. how to no. do. And uh, Brad's a very good teacher. Yeah. No. And and what happened was um, I ended up they got I got a second phone call. Oh, can you go on Lauren and Wally's show this you know tomorrow morning? I'm like, look, I I don't. This isn't what I like to do. And then I was talking to uh, Junior Damato, who was on WRKO, and he said to me, um, you know, and and he had me on a couple times, and he said to me, go find a little local radio station and volunteer to be on it. And at the time, there was a radio station in Norfolk that was going on the air, and they were looking for volunteer hosts, and and that was, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago. I don't know how long ago now. So, uh, But it was kind of the same thing. It wasn't part of my job. I didn't want it to be part of my job, and now it's something I've been doing every every Saturday and some Sundays for uh, the past, I don't know, almost 30 years now. You know, it, 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 it's funny how fate just uh, turns it turns his hand in. And uh, if I hadn't had uh, so many things going on over at WESX, who the heck knows how this all would have ended? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'd be, uh, I'd, I would have learned how to play golf, and I would have been doing that on Saturdays. But now you're a famous radio guy. Uh, I don't know about famous. I had a guy call me during the week, and he said to me, here's my problem. He says, I have a, I think it was a Toyota Camry, might have been a Honda Accord, and he said it's uh, got a water leak, and the water leaks uh, up in the up in the windshield pillar. He, he said a pillar, and he said it's uh, leaking, and he said I brought it to a guy. He, uh, he cleaned out all the, it has a factory sunroof. He cleaned out all the oh. vents in the sunroof. Um, 
and it's still leaking. I took it to the dealer. The dealer said, here's where it's leaking, and uh, and I guess drew a little diagram, took it to somebody else. They said, I don't, I don't think that that's where it's leaking, and now he, now he doesn't know what to do. Do you handle those kind of things? Yes, we do, and um, typically uh, they can all be, be found out. If I can't find it in about a half hour, 45 minutes, then I, then I have to refer them over to a body shop, which is more tuned. And I, I had a similar call on Thursday night. Um, the gentleman had to have his windshield changed out. Yep. And in the past, he declared that the windshield companies were at fault because he had rusting around the windshield mm. uh, sometimes afterwards. I had to let let him know. Sometimes it's deal of prep. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry. Sometimes it's the prep of the gl- of the glass company. He wanted to know what the best glass company was, and sometimes it's the metal they use on that vehicle. Yep. Ford Mustangs had a terrible problem. Oh, yeah. yep. yep. Rusting around the windshield. The old Hondas used to have a used to have the similar problem, and yep. the water would leak down onto the PGM. FI fuel injector yep. relay. Yep. And the car would stop running. Did you have a windshield change recently? Yes, I did. Oh, let's just take a look under the left yep. side of the dash. Yep. Sure than heck, the PGM FI relay was soaking wet and it wasn't going to turn on the, yep. the, the PCM. Yep. John, no, I've got one yeah. now in my shop. It's a 93 Corvette. Beautiful looking car, about 50,000 miles on it. The gen- and he is a neighbor, as it happens, who I didn't know until this whole incident happened. He goes out and starts it up, John. And he says it's idly high, but he lets it warm warm up. He goes back in the house and has his bowl of Cheerios or whatever. Yeah. And I guess maybe it took him a little bit longer. He looks outside, and there's all kinds of water gushing out of this cor- Corvette, just steaming away to beat the band. So what had happened, John, is that his computer failed to operate the idle air control motor. His computer also failed to turn on on his radiator fan and blew the head gasket Ah. out of it. So now we have all this fixed. His OptiSpark system, that was cooked. Everything was cooked on it. Got it all up and running. Had the car started running, and now I see I have no idle control, and the fan isn't turning on as the temperature of the vehicle is going higher. Try finding a computer for a 93 Corvette. 92 and 93 were one particular year. It's almost impossible now. Between the dealership, myself, and my son, we've spent over eight hours making phone calls. Mm. Just having a really hard time. So, I, I mean, you know, when we talk about the business and the hours spent, this is all money you never yeah. get back. This is something people don't see. Yeah. The time you spend trying to locate pots for their beautiful cars. Yeah. No, that's 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 absolutely true. And, you know, sometimes you will run into those ones that just it's it's tough to find. And other and other times, you know, and, and you guys worked really hard to try to find it. I had a woman call me oh, not that long ago, and she had a... Uh, some, some sort of Ford product, and she said, "Oh, they told me the parts on a, a back order. It's going to be, it's going to be, uh, you know, a couple months before I get it." And uh, 
oddly, I, I, I looked up the factory part number, and I put the factory part number into Amazon, and there was ten oh. of them. There was ten of them on Amazon. I said to the woman, "You can have it tomorrow morning by ten o'clock if you want it." And she, "How how how can you do that?" And I said, "There's a bunch of them on Amazon right now." And she said, "And that that is so true. We have been buying parts from there that you can't get elsewhere. But one of the things, like I punched in the particular uh, ECM number. This is one of the old ones, John, yep. that still has the prom you Prominent. have to swap." Yep. I, th- I think I still I still have a prom tool. I don't know. I hate the way it crackles when you change them over. But uh, so you punch that part number in, and sometimes it gets misleading. Yep. It takes you to a different site. Yeah, yeah. You got to be, really gotta be a little to careful. Yeah, it before you order it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we there's a lot of stuff on Amazon and. Another thing on the internet we've seen a lot of is people uh, Google their problems and they watch YouTube video of it, and now they think they have it down pat. Oh yeah, yeah. I you know I always I always tell people you know it's the same thing with uh, with things like WebMD. You know, uh, and I was talking I was talking to an old time doctor a couple weeks ago, and he said he he always tells his patients don't go on a WebMD, and and they're like, well, why not? And they said because every diagnosis ends with cancer. That's true. Yeah. To end. Every child that acts up, their parents uh, read about it on WebMD or on the internet, yep. and it's got ADHD. Yeah. Yeah. Or they have autism. And if you read the symptoms of those two things, it's like a mile long, you know? And maybe your kid just needs a little bit of discipline. Maybe that's all he really needs. <laughs> you never you never know. Hey Larry Larry, we've been using up we've been using up a lot of your time this morning. I wanna let you go and go do what you do. Give give your shop a plug. What's the address? What's the phone number? Well, first of all, John, I want you to stop by and have a cup of coffee with, with me sometimes. As Brad would say, we'll sit around the old wood stove and uh, talk about cars. Uh, my shop name is Route 1 Auto Service, and we're located at 218 Newbury Street, and that's in beautiful Peabody, Massachusetts, right on Route 1. And if you need to call me, it's 978-532-4001, or my email is Auto S-C-A-N-A-U-T-O, at AOL.com. And I can be read in uh, all the wicked local newspapers, which goes all across Massachusetts. I have a weekly column there as well. And uh, and uh, local, locally, are you in a uh, – what's, what's the print publication? You in, you in the uh, – We got the Georgetown Record, yep. the Steel Gazette. Yep. Yeah, that's what uh, I thought. Yeah, I, I believe like, – there's like 200 yep. of those little news yep. weekly newspapers. Yep. Oh yeah, North Shore Sunday. That's the one that's in all the supermarkets. Yep. That's what I thought. Hey Larry, thanks and and have a great uh, rest of the weekend and uh, take a day off once in a while. John, thanks for calling all right. tonight. I look forward to shaking hands with you. All right. Take care, Larry. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. That was Larry Rubenstein, owner of Route One Auto, and uh, I I've kind of known him, but I've never met him. Think I've known him. I mean, we've we've I don't know. We've emailed before. I don't know if we've ever actually talked before. But uh, we're in the same business, sort of. So, 
Always good to talk to people. We need to take a break. Our phone number is 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. I've seen uh, Bobby Brooks in here. I saw Johnny Costello wandering around. They're getting ready. They're getting ready. There's big festivities for the next two days. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. Phone lines are open at 617-770-3030. We'll be right back. Back to the Car Doc program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. Our phone number 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. we got a couple lines open if you want to join us. Let's talk to Bill in Pawtucket. Bill, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Fine so far. All right. All right, I got a 1985 Pontiac Sunbird Wagon, non-turbo 1.8. Yep. And it's been overheating. I put a new thermostat in. This morning I went for a ride, and uh, I made sure the container had enough antifreeze in there. I went for a ride for miles, stopped for an hour, and came back. It was empty, and the car was overheating again. I'm not sure if it's on its last legs. I get the gray smoke from the exhaust when I start it up. Yeah, it sounds like you, it sounds like you got a head gasket problem, or or maybe worse, you know, maybe even a crack block or something. How many how many miles on this? About 50,000. Oh, really? So it's got no miles on it? How, no, I know. inherited it for my parents when they passed away. Oh, okay. And I've been using it. You know, it's a little wagon. I can put my kayak and the one there. I love it. But uh, I think it's reached its last point. Yeah, I, you know, it, well, how's the rest of the car? Is the rest of the car in good shape? or? Yes. Yeah. The tires, everything yeah. uh, is fine. Seems fine. The yeah. very little body rot. Yeah. No, I uh, mean, you know, at this point, you know, I guess I'd, you know, go go somewhere or do something, or at least pressure test the cooling system, make sure there's not some kind of obvious leak somewhere, water pump or hose or heater core or something. But for it to go through that sort of volume of antifreeze in that short a period of time and have the smoke when you first start it so, sort of sounds classic. You know, if you were going to fix it, uh, providing that, you know, they'd, they'd want to send the head out and check that. So that's going to be a little bit of money. You know, a, 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 cylinder head, a cylinder head gasket and associated gasket kits, probably another 100 bucks, And it's going to be about five hours labor to replace it. So, you know, if you wanted to hang on to it, it's probably going to cost you $1,000 if they don't have to replace the cylinder head, if that's what it is. But before I even went that far, what I'd want to do is you know, do a real simple pres- pressure test of the system Make sure there's not anything else leaking, and uh, if you've ruled out any external leaks, 
Well, the only thing the only thing left after that is is a cylinder head gasket or worse, you know, a cracked head or cracked block or something. Uh, when you pull the dipstick out, is the any is the oil at all white? No. No, well, that's that's a good sign. Is the antifreeze that's in the overflow bottle look oily at all? No. No. Okay. Well, those are good the signs. Overflow, I, I uh, it was empty. I yep. filled it up last yep. night. It was empty when I came back yep. this morning. Okay. Then and I could see it had it sprayed around. Yeah. I don't know if I had mentioned I put a new thermostat in there also. Yeah. That didn't do anything. Yeah. No. No. The therm the thermostat would make it overheat. But when you're out driving it, as well, last night was kind of a warm night. But when you're out driving it, do you lose the heat for a minute? Does all of a sudden? Well, I should point this out too. Last week I had my other car got into an accident, so I've been using this when we had all those cold days. Yep. And when I hadn't ridden it in a month or two. Yep. No heat at all. No heat at I all. Get no heat. Yeah, I think that's because I, you know, chances are there's a head gasket that's bad. The cooling system gets gets airbound, so that's why you get no heat because it's blocking the circulation through the heater core. And then you fill it up, then it sucks down some more coolant, you add some more coolant to it, and then it's okay. It sound, sounds pretty classic that it's going to need a head gasket. And like I said, be prepared to spend probably $1,000 to, to, to get it fixed. Yeah, I mean the only the only other thing you could try, if you were so inclined to do it, is there are some magic head gasket sealer stuff on the market. One of them is made by a company called Red Devil. I think it's Red Devil, Red something. And you uh, you actually pull the thermostat out, you pour this stuff in, you let it run for I don't know thirty minutes, and then you. Put fresh coolant in, put a thermostat back in it again, and it's supposed to seal up cracks and leaks and things. Um, I had the inventor of the program, uh, inventor of the stuff on my program years ago. Um, he gives it a he gives it a hundred percent guarantee. I gave away a few samples of it back then, and people told me they had about a 50-50 50 50 uh, shot with it working and not. Some one person told me it worked perfect did just what he wanted and the other person said it worked for about 10 or 15 minutes and then it same problem happened again so i think it was called red devil i think was the name of it uh but uh it was some kind of uh some kind of cylinder head gasket sealer and uh, i used that it's called boss seal no it wasn't that it wasn't that it was something it okay, was something like, okay, it was some, bar. yeah bars leak is a is an old time um good um radiator sealer but um that isn't it um you're, you're mentioning uh, red devil red devil i think is i think that's what it was called um blue devil blue devil that's what well, it's they called. just opened up in O'Reilly's down yeah. the road yeah maybe. maybe i should check to see if yeah, they have the it stuff the stuff is called blue devil and uh it's about it's about, uh, you know, it's about like uh, 40 bucks for a bottle of it. And what will that do? It, it's supposed to seal the holes in the head gasket. Oh, okay. Yeah, and like I said, it, it's, I seem to remember it had a, uh, uh, it had a pretty, pretty good warranty that went with it. Um, maybe give it a shot, see what happens. Okay, yeah. so I got the yeah. thermostat. Yeah, I think I think you're supposed to take the thermostat out. Is the way I remember it, and uh, I just looked online, and Advanced Auto Parts has it. So, 
Oh, good. Okay. okay. They're not too far away either. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. All I right. read you every Saturday in the Providence Chair. Well, thank you very much. Okay. All right. Take Talk care, Bill. Okay. Yep. Bye-bye. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. Let's talk to John in Norwood. John, good morning. Oh. John, turn your radio down. Hello. 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 I know John? you're there somewhere. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. John. Oh, hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I have a 99 Maxima that has a split driver's side CV boot on the outside. Okay. And after I emailed you, I, I felt comfortable with just uh, replacing the whole axle um, once it gets to the point where I should do that. Mm -hmm. But I'm really not sure what that, what, how am I going to know when it's time to replace the axle? When it, when it starts uh, going, when you take a corner and it starts going, da -da 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 then that means it's worn out. Okay, it's like a. It's got. It's got. Okay, in, what what the um, what the CV joint looks like is sort of a um, cup with four or five balls inside of it, and a yoke that rides um, inside that cup, and the balls run on the outside of the yoke. And when you take a, and it's, it has to be flexible so it turns left and right with the wheels. And what happens when it loses all the grease out of the boot? Um, the balls start to stick inside this metal cup that's the actually the end of the axle shaft that where it connects to the where it connects to the uh, the hub. And when you go around a corner, what you'll hear is the balls echoing inside the cup because they've started to get dry and they're not lubricated anymore. So you'll it'll start to make a racket. You'll as you go around a corner, you'll hear click 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 click, and then it will just progressively get louder. Um, and yeah. and these days it used to be a CV boot kit was you know a hundred used to, back in back in the old days a CV boot kit with the clamps was a hundred bucks you had to pull the axle shaft out you had to do all the work and you had to hope that um, no sand and salt got in there because of sand and salt got in there and even if you washed it all out and regreased it all you might have already had damage done to it so now axle shafts have come down in price quite a bit. And now the, the, the price of an axle shaft isn't that much more than the whole price of than the price of a CV boot kit. And you're getting all good parts and you don't have to worry about did I drive it? Because I heard once uh, once upon a time from I think I was at the General Motors school or somewhere and they said, you know, if you drive around with a split open boot. Uh, just a week or two of driving is enough to uh, ruin the joint inside there. So, you know, if that's the case, and especially with all the sand and salt and stuff that's on our roads here, the salt and stand, sand sticks to the grease, and all of a sudden now you're, you're, it's almost like sandpaper inside the axle shaft, and that's what causes it to wear out. So uh, it's, time, you know, it's time to fix it now, but it's time to fix it when it's also making a click and clanking noise, which could be quite a ways down the road. You never know. Um, and I, I think I had called you um, in the past. The other side, I was I was finding grease, like on the mud flap, and mm -hmm. I never could figure out where where it was coming from. Have you ever seen where um, the grease actually just leaks out of the um, CV boot? Um, if you uh, you know if around, you had, around yeah, the axle, yeah. If you had it up, if you had it up on a lift, 
and you squeeze the CV boot, so you just you know squish it with your hand, and you see grease leaking out of it. You know that's you know there's a problem there somewhere. And in that case, you can say, well, maybe I'll just get a clamp kit, and just replace the clamps on it if there's no cuts or cracks or anything in it. Um, but it, it you know you really have to you really have to take a look and see what it is. So I've seen I've seen the boots leak at the clamps. It's not that often it does that because usually those clamps are on there really tight because there's a lot of yeah. movement that goes around goes on inside there um the other thing is back in the and your and your uh your nissan's old enough to maybe this has happened once or twice um back years ago when they used to tow a car especially putting it on a flatbed they used to use hooks to hold the car down and it wasn't all that unusual that someone would puncture a boot with a hook uh while they would while they were towing the car now they strap them all down so that stuff can't happen but years ago that was a pretty common occurrence that uh you'd you'd put a car in a ramp truck and you know, you'd you'd look a couple days later, and there'd be a boot that was torn. Well, it was torn because even as careful as they were, they'd they'd kind of hook the hook. If you think of a J hook, if you think of it, so the pointy end was facing up towards the windshield. That was enough just to catch the boot, rather than go in and try to slip it in and turn it so the pointy end was down, and that would avoid damaging the boot. But you know, sometimes at night that stuff happens, and you never know. So you know, that's you know that. Sometimes it's just enough to, to cause a little bit of damage, but you know today that stuff doesn't happen. But years ago it used to. And these axles, I mean, when you go on to like a Rock Auto, you mm -hmm. see, you know, there's the economy parts and the better parts. I mean, are they all barely? Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm kind buy. of a when I buy stuff like that, I'm kind of a middle of the road guy. I might not buy the very best, but I try not to buy the cheapest just because, I mean, a, a friend of mine always used to say you never went wrong with buying the best. Uh, sometimes there's not a huge difference between the best and the middle. So sometimes I'd go with that. It, it, you know, and again, sometimes with me, I'd kind of look at also, um, um, you know, how, how much labor is involved in case this cheap part didn't last. If it's uh, a lot of labor. Yeah, I might want to get the better part, so I know it's only going to get done once. If it's if it's uh, a fifteen or twenty minute repair, you know maybe I'll take a chance with the cheaper one because I know that if it goes bad in a year, it's not that big a deal. I'll I'll put a new one in. But yeah, I, I try not to buy one other the. Quick question. Sure. One other quick question. Sure, go ahead. So a couple of months ago, I had a small antifreeze leak. I could never figure out where it was coming from. It was kind of closer to the firewall, I think, mm -hmm. but you, you might lose from the max to the min line on the overflow tank mm -hmm. over the course of a month and a half or two months. Now it seems to have stopped. It's that yeah, Well, it's, ob it's obvious you fixed it. Yeah. Yeah. In action, fix it. Yeah. Uh, so as long as it doesn't start leaking again. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess it wouldn't hurt to pressure test the system and look for a leak. But, you know, if you pressure test the yep. system and look for a leak, you're going to find it, you know, and you're going to have to fix it. Right. Yeah. You know, right now you could, okay. you know, you know, it could it have been that, a, um, you know, a, a hose is, was leaking and stopped leaking? Probably not. But could it be that there, maybe there's a heater control valve or something that, that got a little bit clogged up and stopped leaking? Maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, it's odd that it would stop, 
But if it did, it did. Um, but, yeah, the, the right thing to do would be to flush out the system, pressurize it, you know, look look for a leak. Like I said, chances are you're going to find it. And if you find it, you've got to be committed to fixing it. And if it's something like a, um, a heater core that started to leak for whatever reason, you could you could spend – you could spend a whole lot of money fixing that. Yeah, I think on that car you have to like take yeah, you the have to dash take, out. Yeah, you have to take too. the dash out. It's a big job. It's a it's an all day job. Okay. Okay. Thanks a lot, John. All right, take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Uh let's talk to Art and Mattapoisett. Art, good morning. Good morning, John. How are you? I've got two cents on the head gasket guy who called, and I got four cents on the CV joint guy. All right, go ahead. Let's start with the I, let's start with the two cents because I always like to work my way up. <laughs> All right. So with respect to the head head gasket, if that guy's got water, any antifreeze getting into his oil, you know, some milky. Yep. Uh, yeah, he, he said he, he said stuff. he said he didn't. So, or he didn't think he did. Okay. I missed the first part of his yep. call. Your signal's kind of weak down here. I get a lot of interference. Um, then. Yeah, I might go for one of those, you know, twenty or forty dollar bottles yep. of elixir. Yep. Which because which I will admit I don't necessarily believe in. You know, when you can no, when no. You, but every once in a while you get lucky. Yeah, but if he's got antifreeze getting into the cylinders and he's got green spark plugs and yeah. or water yeah. coming out of the spark plug holes, uh, forget about yeah, it. Yeah, it's too late. It's guess. way too late. Yeah, yeah. So no, he says there's no oil in the antifreeze and no antifreeze in the oil. So. Well, where's where's the loss? Yeah, well, if it's if it's a little, and it seems to be fairly significant, but um, you know, he said he drove it for a couple of days and you know had to add to the overflow again. But um, one other thing is the combustion pressures coming out of those cylinders; they'll pressurize your your cooling system and you'll oh. blow a hose. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean when you're looking mm-hmm. at a, when you're looking at a cooling system, it runs on. 12 to 15 pounds of pressure and and 150 pounds of compression pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there exactly. there there it is. Yeah, I, I mean, you'll see Yeah, you'll see you'll see uh you'll see uh uh radiators that split open and all kinds of crazy stuff. But yeah. you know, if it, if it's just rate. Yeah, if it's just a little bit of a leak and it's, you know, every intake stroke it's sucking a little bit of coolant in and burning it off as part of the combustion cycle, maybe Whenever you got it getting into the cylinders, you're doomed. But I, I think the success rate of that stuff in general is like really low. Yeah, yeah. I mean, respect to the axles. Yeah, the the Blue Devil stuff that that, uh, that Blue Devil stuff. The guy at least offers a hundred percent guarantee. So if it doesn't work, he gives you money. Yeah, back, there's a so. bunch of them that do. Yeah, I, yeah. I I wouldn't hold I wouldn't hold a lot of faith in that. Yeah, I mean the, the people the people I know that have used it actually got their money back that when it didn't work. So. Yeah. yeah. So better in the butt, though. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, you know, for forty bucks. I mean, he's into the car yeah. for nothing. He likes the car. It's got a little bit of. It's got a little bit of uh, uh, family history. But, I think if I had the money and you liked it that much, I mean, those weren't. You know, it's a. It's an I'd eighty. Shop it's an eight, for a head gasket job because. Yeah, it's an eighty-five Sunbird. Not that great car. You, no, no, yeah. I, did, I missed that part entirely. Yeah. In that case, yeah. <laughs> put two bottles in. Yeah, 80, 85 Sunbird with the one point eight overhead cam engine. It was not was not GM's best work. I think that had plastic timing gears, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. So with respect to axles, um, I know the guy's got a Japanese Maxima, right? Uh, yeah. Um, so I can't speak too much about the Asian cars, but. It, for those of you out there with European vehicles, don't bother with an axle. Do do the boot unless it's been open for a long time. 
Um, I've, I've had all kinds of, of, of bad luck with replacement axles for sobs. And you got to check, no matter what car you're doing, check the length of the axle. Make oh, yeah. Sure it's the same length going in that came out because I've heard horror stories about the axle actually pulling right out of the, um, the tripod driver off the transmission. Yeah, and, and, and in there all the way. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we get uh, you know at AAA we get towing calls every once in a while, and uh, and I'll get the call sometimes before it goes to road service. They're like, I was just driving down the road, I hit a big bump, and all of a sudden now I, I I I step on the gas and the speedometer moves, but I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it sounds like, you know, and, and uh, my next question is, have you recently had a CV joint or an axle shaft put in? And they're like, well, no. yeah, I did. I said, well, they put the wrong one in. So I would make sure you get a good quality axle yep. if you're doing the whole axle yep. and uh, measure it. Make sure it's exactly the same length because if, if, if it's a half inch shorter, it might, because things move around a little bit when you're turning and steering. Oh, yeah. And while yeah. the outside of the axle is bolted onto the steering hub and, and, and the the, the outside end on the inside it's just floating around inside of that driver it's only held in place by by nothing yeah it's held in place by gravity and centrifugal force yeah so uh so you're a yeah. sob guy yeah I, I i believe firmly in replacing the boot just the boot yep uh, I've, I've gotten i've gotten hundreds of thousands of miles and, and i'm talking like more than more than two hundred thousand miles out of outer cv joints just replacing the boot once in a while yeah, no, I I I know why I was uh, I was I was, th I was thinking back on uh, on personal cars, and I've had a weird variety of them over the years, and some most of them though because I'm doing the work myself, obviously, um, or or I always was up until now, where I think I'm too old to do that um, to crawl around under there. But uh, but you know it was always like oh, I can you know I look at the price of the boot kit, look at the price of the axle. I'm going to get to it in a couple but weekends. You know, the boot kits for me, they've been around 15 bucks for, oh, a, for really? a good quality boot yeah. kit. Yeah, yeah. See, not, yeah. I'm not talking big money at all. It yeah. comes with the grease and everything. Yeah, the ones I've looked I at. I always are, get an extra tube of grease, but yeah. I put two tubes of grease in. Yeah, yeah. the ones I looked at were more money. And, and the axle, I think the last axle shaft I bought was a good quality, you know, brand name axle shaft. It was 80 bucks. Yeah, well, for the Sobs, and, and I can't really speak to, to BMW and Audi, but I've, I've heard it's similar. You're better off doing the boot. You're not going to get a good quality aftermarket axle. Yeah. And plus, one other thing about the Saabs, which may extend to other European brands, certainly, is that with the Saab original equipment axle, you can actually replace the outer CV joint and the inner CV joint separate from the axle if you yeah. need to. Yeah, yeah. You they can come. get those. You can get yep. those spider gears and take off the circlip and replace the actual gear if you need to. And with the aftermarket axles, they're welded on. You can't get them off. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a difference between uh, you know. I always I always try to repair rather than replace when I can, but sometimes sometimes it's just a matter of convenience. I know, one of my cars there was a there was a ball joint that was worn, and I was like, and uh, it was, you know, the the manufacturer will tell you the ball joint is removable, and I'm like, you know what, the yeah. lower control arm and the ball joint were the same price. With the new lower control, on it, right. you, you might need a you might need a, a machine shop service or a press to get yeah, those things yeah, out. Yeah, and and that's fine, you know. But on the other hand, I can do it quicker, cheaper, and I end up with new bushings. Uh, didn't take you know, much to but think you gotta that. You got to beware through. the yeah. cheap. Oh yeah, there's here's, here's my last parting word. Be, beware the cheap Chinese parts. Oh yeah, beware, with, beware. Yep. No, without without a doubt, it's kind of funny. My wife's my wife's Volkswagen. Um, 
it was at the dealer for something, and uh, they said, "Oh, you need a cabin filter and a and a and a, and a uh, engineer filter." And I would I, say any do-it-yourselfers find find yourself an online forum that specializes yep. in your breed, yep. and uh, ask some questions on the forum. Yep. It doesn't take much to sign up for these things. Nope. It's free. You just sign up for a, for a you know a, a username or whatever. Yep. You pick something like Alex Jones fifty nine, whatever you want. And uh, ask some questions, and yep. you'd be surprised. Many people will say, "Stay away from this brand." Oh yeah, no, and but in this one particular one, I went, I went online, found the the company that made the factory air filter, and uh, and it was a man man product, and it was a factory exactly the same as the factory part, <clears throat> short money. And so you have you have to look. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of crap. Oh, yeah, out. well, man, there's man a lot of, is OEM. Yeah, they they make all the stuff for for the European yep. cars. That's good. Yep. That's good and, stuff. And you can and you can buy you can buy it on websites like Rock Auto, and you can buy it cheap. And you know yeah, you get. But the, if you're not you, if you're not well versed in what you're doing, and you're just going out there for an occasional part, you might really end up wasting, you know, hours oh, yeah. and hours and hours of your time. Only you have to redo the job. Yep. Now nobody likes. So to I, do. I would say throw a little, throw a little bit of research at it before you jump yeah. in with the parts. Words well spent. Hey, thanks for the call. Good weekend. All right, you too. Bye-bye. 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. If you have trouble listening to us in Mattapoisett, tap the app. Say, hey, Alexa, I want to listen to WROL radio. And you know what will happen? Alexa turns on WROL radio. We need to take a break. My name's John Paul. This is a Car Doctor program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. We'll be right can't do nothing for me. I'll buy you a diamond ring. I'll buy you a diamond ring. I'll buy you a diamond ring. If you just give me some of your love. I don't want your diamond ring. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Austin. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. And remember, you can listen to us on AM 950, FM 100.3, if you're in the Boston area. Or, again, online, WROL Radio. Or if you have some sort of smart device or smartphone or smart speaker or smart something, uh, you can fill in the rest of it. You know what it is. Let's talk to uh, J.C. and Quincy. Good morning. J.C. Hey, John. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hi. Uh, I have a question for you. I have a 66 Ford Galaxy, and it uh, needs new front coil springs. Okay. Because I, I, when, I, when I took the front wheels off this winter, to, or this you know last fall to put it away, I noticed my tires were wearing on the inside. So I think that it's beyond the point of uh, it's sagging too much, you know. And All right. I don't know if a front end alignment would fix that. But my question is, where would you recommend I take the thing? I, and I think while I'm doing the springs, I would have them do the control arm bushings. You know, it has that yeah. classic Ford squeak. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I would um, I, I either any anybody who does suspension work can do springs. It depends where they're going to get the springs from, um, you know, especially with an right. older car like that. Um, 
you know, there are spring shops, you know, there's a, in Brockton, for instance, there's a, there's a, a, a spring shop that's been there for long as I've been alive, I think. So, um, but, okay. you know, but, uh, you know, I would, you know, anybody who does suspension work, that's not, that's not a terrible job to do. Um, but yep. the easiest way to tell would be, um, and, you know, try to let the Internet be your friend a little bit, but uh, see if you can find a ride height somewhere that will tell you, uh, and usually it's a measurement from the either the middle of the spindle, so like where the wheel bearing cap is, to the lip of the fender or from the ground to the lip of the fender. Yeah. And it'll tell you whether the car yep. is really sagging or not. Um, yep. Yeah, and then... I, I think it, it definitely, it yeah. definitely is because I... Can't, it's the I can tell it's about an yeah. inch or two almost down yeah. now, you know. And then if you honestly, if you're going to do the front springs, you probably ought to do the rear springs, because yeah. what's going to happen? Actually, I did, I did, the, I did them. I did them before. Oh, I, you did. Okay. That, you know, it has that slant to the front now, so people think I did some customization. Oh, okay. It's really just age. Okay. Well, well, it, well, that's good because what I was going to say is. Um, if you put the front ones in, then you look like you're from California, where all the cars ride higher higher in the front than the back. So, um, right. Yeah. So I would I would just you know I I think I think anybody can do the job. Uh, it just depends on the amount of care. Where where do you when you have to bring it for repairs? Where do you where do you typically bring it? Uh, there's a couple of places around here in Quincy where I am that I bring it to. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no reason to think they can't do it. What they what you might want to do is uh, give them, you know, let them let them take a look at it, see if they're going to need anything else like control on bushings or or stabilizer links or any of the associated parts that may not come apart that easily, and then um, yeah. and let them sort of order the parts ahead of time so you're not waiting longer than you need to when the car's not just being you know just there being tied up and then let them order all the parts up so you have it and but as far as where to do it again it's not it's not a it's not a terrible job to do but and even the control on bushings too i would do all that at the same time yeah if, yeah if if they're if they're um if they're noisy and squeaky yeah i would i would do them do them all then because you're going to have to to do the springs you're going to have to um uh disconnect the lower ball joint, disconnect the tie rod ends, disconnect the shock absorbers. So you're going to be doing all that stuff anyway. So um, if yeah. if the upper control on bushings are squeaky and creaky, you might as well do those at the same time. Get get all the front suspension done while you have the majority of the labor in there to do the springs. Right. And do you think uh, ball joints are reusable or you might as well get change those two while you have it apart? It, de- it depends on the condition. Um, if the if the boots are torn on the ball joints, I'd probably just go ahead and do them. If they look like they if they look like they're rusty inside, you might as well go ahead and do them. You know how how much does this car mean to you? How much money do you want to put into it? It's that kind of question. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's right, well, I you know that. the the problem the problem is you can get crazy and say, well, if I'm going to do the springs, I'm going to do the shocks. If I'm going to do the shocks, I'm going to do the control line bushings. If I'm going to do the control line bushings, I might as well do the upper and lower ball joints. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, you're yeah, broke. I'm, <clears throat> right, no, I'm slowly going broke. I've, I've already done, like you said, the shocks, and I put uh, a bigger sway bar on the thing, yeah. you know, so I can actually come off the highway without rolling over and all that yeah. kind of thing, you know. But <laughs> Well, you have to remember that car was not designed for radial tires, and if you have radial tires on there now, that's what makes it feel stickier, and that's why the body wants to roll more, so. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, John, thanks so All much. right, take care. Good luck. Bye-bye. Right, bye. Yeah, thank you.
Let's talk to uh, Joe in Somerville. Joe. Whoop. Line four. Joe. Yeah. Hi. Hi, John. How are you? Good. Good. How are you? I, I, I feel like a superstar. You mentioned my uh, problem uh, to Larry. You mentioned your problem with the, with the, with the leaky, uh, with the, with yeah. the water leak. Yeah. I did. I did told me. As best as I can, I uh, I taped up the moonroof, you know, around the edges. Mm-hmm. I flooded it with water. Nothing's coming out where the moonroof is. Uh, a friend of mine came over. You know, he knows about cars. He's yeah. not as an expert like you are. Uh, and I found the hole where the water's draining out. He put like two straws together and blew the water in there. It's coming out by where uh, the hoses seem on both sides. Yeah. Uh, it's coming out by where the uh, the mud flaps are okay, uh, and uh, like I said, when I took it, this is when I took it to the dealer. This has water leak on the left front of the subframe, where the trim on top of the vehicle uh, is underneath is leaking. And I even ran water over there; I didn't see anything. Yep. Now, someone, John, is that possible? Uh, uh, on the edges, it's leaking on both eight pillars only when it really, really pours. Because I took pictures. Could it be the uh, windshield? Could be, absolutely could be. Could sure. be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but you know when well, I you when said, I ran when it you, on you the said, trim, you said when you taped it up, it stopped leaking, right? Or it didn't stop? Uh, no, no, when I when I, uh, okay. when I tape it up, uh, you know, uh, w- yeah. with no tape, yeah. it wasn't leaking. Okay. And the, and the hoses are running down. Okay, good. Um, okay, so then what I'd do is I'd try the same thing around the windshield. Tape up around the windshield, around the trim of the windshield, around the body, and see if it stops. Right. And if it stops, you, yeah. know, you know it's in the windshield somewhere. And then, you know, then the only thing to do at that point is pull the windshield and see what the windshield pan looks like and see if it's rusted right. in there, and that's why it's not sealing right. Right, right. And uh, that's the only thing I was concerned when it said subframe. Is it rusted, this and that? Yeah. But uh, it, it, like I said before, uh, John, you go to five people, and they got five different, uh, could be this, could be that, and pull out uh, the moon uh, roof and reseal it, and you're talking, what, five, eight hundred dollars Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, if you're, I, pull, if you're pulling a factory moon roof out, that means you're pulling the yeah. headliner down. That's a big it's a Oh, big yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I said, I'm I'm like you, John. I don't mind paying. Tell me what's wrong. Like you said, if you go to the doctor, tell me what's wrong and and fix it and charge me a reasonable price. But these guys will have you going here, there, everywhere, but the moon. Yeah. So, but so I will try that, John, try that. and I will keep you informed. All right. All right. Thanks, Joe. Thanks a lot for all right. your help. You're all right. Take care. Have a good day. Bye. Let's go over to Jim in Reading. Jim. Jim. Uh, John Paul, this is Bob. Oh, Bob. All right. Well, well Bob's, Bob's good, too. Uh, how are you, sir? Good. Good. Hey, John Paul, I got an 03 Liberty. I'm working on the air compressor. It looks like I probably blew a... Uh, well, I blew the air compressor. Let's put it okay. that way. It's under warranty, so I'm changing it. And in the meantime, I got to change the dryer. Mm-hmm. I got to change the orifice tube. I'm going to change all that jazz, put a new compressor on. I'm also putting a uh, new belt tensioner on. Okay. Uh, in case that uh, belt, my old one is stressing out my bearings in there somehow. Uh, that would be unusual if that was the case, but... Yeah. Hmm. Uh, now, I'm going to hook everything up, John Paul, and bring it to my guy. He's going to charge it. Uh, I'm concerned about that uh, that uh, orifice tube. Is that 
is that okay to hook, to rehook up the new one? And you know, I'm not going to plug in the. I'm going to unplug the the. Uh, Yeah, I would. I would would assemble everything together, unplug, unplug the, unplug the plug on the on the clutch so the clutch doesn't fire up, and then you'll be fine. Because chances are that, yeah, because chances are the the AC, chances are the compressor went bad, and when it did, it blew a bunch of junk into the into the orifice tube, and that's why the orifice tubes clogged up. Uh, Did you flush out the hoses that were there at all, or? No, not yet. I yeah. haven't touched it yet. Yeah, I just saw it right yeah, now. Yeah, do do that too. Kind of, um, you know. There, the I think you can even buy. I thought I saw a little can once of like a AC hose flush. It just screws on the end of the hose, and 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 you okay. can you can blow through. Just you don't want to. Uh, you know, chances are that the uh, compressor went bad because of. Uh, uh, either either a baron went bad in it or something went bad in it, and that's what caused it. And that junk could okay. still be floating around in the AC unit, in the AC. Yeah, system. that's what I was afraid of getting in that tube. That it, it yeah. doesn't look like it takes much to block that up. Yeah, so. no, no, and and you know, good, you know, good thinking to um, replace that orifice tube because the orifice tube does does uh, most of the work. So <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. What do you? Uh... So what were you thinking? Of, what do you think about the uh, the belt tensioner? Do you think that I'm overdoing it, or um, I mean, it's working. I can engage it to change a belt, but that I mean, usually what, mean ha- usually, okay what hap- usually what happens? They go the other way. They they uh, they get weak. Uh, yeah, they get weaker, and I'd get a slip, right? Yeah, yeah. They don't they don't they don't get tight. Okay. Yeah. Well, for forty five bucks, I, this is the third one going in in a couple of years, and it's like I got to. I'm throwing a 45 at it, and maybe maybe it's that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it's. Uh, but I'm changing everything, so here we go again. Yeah, you, you know, you 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 you're spending money like a drunken sailor, so you might as well, uh, you know. Yeah, you there might, you go. Yeah, you yeah. might as well. But I think I think there's um, you can get. I think it's uh, it's I think it's AC flush solvent or something like okay. that. But you can buy that, and you just kind of pour it in and blow it out and that they'll help okay uh, so those are the lines i'll be taking yeah, off anyway yeah, yeah, onto exactly, the compressor exactly. and onto yep, the dryer yep exactly those lines there yep. okay mm-hmm. excellent thanks okay. for your help all, all right okay. take care have Bye-bye. a good weekend you too all right now let's try jim jim is that you yes it is yeah there we go okay sorry jim so i have a 09 matrix i uh, replaced the water pump uh this is the, at least the second water pump and um when I put it back together, refilled the radiator, and I can't get the radiator to f- fill to the top. So I fill it, the ra- take the cap off, fill it to the top, put the cap back on, drive it what, for whatever amount of time, let it cool down, take the radiator cap off, and the level of the coolant is about two inches below the radiator cap. Mm-hmm. So I thought, that, I thought the, the design was as the radiator cools down, it sucks. Uh, coolant from the overflow tank back into the radiator to keep the radiator full. So I don't know if there's a leak. Is it the cap? I didn't really. I haven't dug into it. I'm just. Yeah, um, I mean, there could there could, so there could just be part of the problem. Could be that as you did the water pump, it could just be that um, you're not bleeding all the air out of the cooling system. Because some some okay. some cars actually have a bleeder screw. That you can actually bleed the air out of the cooling system. Does it overheat at all on you? No, it does no. not. 
Okay. Well, that's, that's so I think, a... I, yeah. I, I think what happens is, and obviously I've never taken the cap off of it hot, mm-hmm. um, but I think what, um, and I don't know how much the coolant expands. It may expand, um, you know, enough that the, the whole system's full, but not expand enough to go into the overflow. Yeah. Thing. I mean, what should, what should happen when you, you know, if you have it running with the, with the cap off, and you should, you know, as you, as you as the thermostat opens, it will flow more coolant into the engine, and you'll eventually get mostly coolant in the engine. And then, um, once the radiator's full, and then you fill the overflow. And then, as the coolant heats up, it forces coolant into the overflow tank. And as it cools, it sucks the coolant back out of the overflow tank, back into the regu- into the main cooling system. So it's a balance of going back and forth, back and forth, and the radiator cap is the control of that. When when the when the uh, cooling system pressurizes, it goes through the bypass in the cap, forces the coolant into the into the overflow. When it cools off, it sucks it back in the other direction. So, but the but the the issue could be if there is a if there is air still blocking the system, and some shops actually use a system that you put on top of the radiator and you actually apply uh, vacuum to it and it actually sucks all the air out of the system. Uh, a, a, a cheap trick sometimes to, um, and this is all because of the thermostat, um, a cheap trick sometimes is to take the thermostat out, put a new one in while you have the old one out, and take, a, um, take an aspirin, push open the thermostat, Stick the aspirin in there, fill it with coolant. Um, because the thermostat's stuck open, it's going to allow all the coolant to flow, take up all of the all of the airspace, and then eventually the aspirin dissolves. The thermostat closes normally, and then it works works after that. And and there's going to be no harm because what's an aspirin going to do to three quarters of a gallon of coolant? Nothing. So. Right. Okay. Okay. And I'll, so now, what about the cap? Is it it's it, uh. Could the cap have failed in not allowing um, coolant back in? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, off, sometimes that... what will happen when a when a um, when a radiator cap fails, um, when the engine starts to cool down, it'll actually collapse one of the radiator hoses. So you look at the radiator hose, and it'll sort of look like it's trying to squish together because it's um, it's it's actually trying to uh, cause right. cause a vacuum. So, um, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll check. I don't think there's a, a bleed on the engine, but I will check and also check for collapsed hoses. Yeah, they're at, you know, I was looking real quick. Is this got the the smaller engine or the bigger engine? Does this have the two four in it? The smaller or the, engine. The smaller yeah. engine. Yeah. One point eight. Yeah. Yeah, the smaller. Um, that does. It looks like that might have. Looks like that actually might have a. bleeder screw it looks like it has a looks like it has a um uh a drain a drain in the back of the sort of a petcock drain in the back of the in the back of the engine that may allow you to bleed a little bit of air out of there it doesn't it doesn't show and i'm only looking real quick here but it doesn't it doesn't look like there's a um 
system. Let's see. Squeeze inlet, outlet hose several times by hand. Then check the level of coolant. If the level is low, tighten up the upper radiator drain cock plug. Slowly pour coolant into the radiator reservoir until the full line. Solid radiator cap subassembly, reservoir cap tank. Start the engine warming up. Bleed the cooling system. So you do. So there is kind of a there is kind of a method to bleed the cooling system. So it says uh, before starting the engine, turn the AC off, adjust the air conditioning max. Um, thermostat uh, open timing can be turned by squeezing the radiator hose. Uh, stop the engine, wait, add coolant. So you have to start, stop, start, stop until you eventually get to the point where the radiator is full. So you do need to you do need to let it run with the radiator cap off a little bit to bleed the air out of it. So it could be just okay. that. Okay. Okay. I'll try that. Okay. All right. Oh, great. Okay. Thank you, sir. Sure thing. Good Take care. Bye-bye. Well, there's Paul Sullivan sitting over there a few minutes well, a few minutes early, but you're going to you're going to be a busy guy today. I am. Yeah, cuz there's like 7,000 remotes today. Well, but I'm stationary busy. Yeah, but you got to be able to push buttons. They added an extra button. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's no. all right. It's it's all I mean, this is what we do every year. Uh, St. Patrick's Day or St. Patrick's Day weekend. Yeah, but they had an extra button. There's two brick links now. Yeah. Yeah. So we can uh, mix and match all the remote uh, information that we're going to get. Yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. Yeah. And we're going to play lots of music, too. Lots of music. Because it's St. Patrick's yeah. Day tomorrow. 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 But yeah. uh, people are calling it today, though. I know. I think it starts today and runs right into tomorrow. Well, it really is St. Patrick's weekend this yeah. year. Yeah. You know, when it's in the middle of the week, you can't. It's unless, a you started, fuzzy. unless you started it last Saturday. Then it's St. Patrick's Day week. Well, it's funny. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they said, are you really excited about St. Patrick's Day on the radio? And I said, you know, it's a funny little thing. Um, I, I have a weird uh, connection with St. Patrick's Day because you, you talk about fake news. Well, on St. Patrick's Day, you get a lot of fake Irish. And I'm you not think? sure that I like that or not. I don't know. I have to, I have to reflect upon that a little does, bit more. Does my 25% Irish count? Sure. Can I be Irish? Yeah. More Irish today? You you know uh, more Irish songs than I did when I started. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and my, you know, my grandmother's name was Looney after all. And, the, correct. Yeah. yeah so there and, you go. And the song's about her family. Some of them. Some of them. Yes. Well, that might not be her family. Like but... Tour or Laura Looney. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. yeah. Not quite that one. <laughs> when Irish eyes are loony. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, we can stretch it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we can. We can. Yeah. So. Uh, no, my favorite part of the show, of your show is. This part? This second, but I have a better. I have another favorite. It's when it's when you make the noises that cars make. You're really good at that, you know. I was listening this morning, and you say, "Was it going like this?" And you made, some kind of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, do you, do you have a, a sound for every ailment that a car might? Um... No, but I have a, I have I have a lot of sounds for my ailments. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah, my I back hurts. I think yeah. Claire said that. Yeah, that's exactly what that sounds like when that happens. So, <laughs> I think you, I think you nailed it. Well. It's 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 kind of funny, and people people now technology allows more of that. Mm -hmm. But it used to be when you know a million years ago when I worked in a garage, and even even now, and I'll say to people, "Well, what did it sound like?" Mm -hmm. And they'll be they'd be all embarrassed. They'd be like, "Well, and, you know," I said, "No, what did you know? Did it whistle? Did it did, yeah. did it hear? Did you hear? That's exactly. But now but now people can record it with their phone. Right. Yeah. I've had people send me little video clips, and they'll be like. Well, this is what it's doing, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, you need you need uh, a new uh, tire pressure sensor." Well, you know that you know the axiom that uh, the car never does what it you yeah. telling the yeah. mechanic yeah. that it does right. when the mechanic has it. Yeah. Now that's circumvented, right? A little bit, yeah, because yeah. you can you can you can record it, but if you're going to do that, do it carefully. 
<laughs> well, our buddy Larry has uh, sent me a couple e- emails, and he says cylinder head gasket test about seventy-five bucks, and Palmer Spring and Woburn is a good place to go. That's Larry from Route One Auto. Yep, yep. So he was uh, very good on the radio with yeah. you this morning. Yeah, he's he's been around for a while. Yeah, he's, he's he's I don't know if you heard, but he's the reason that I'm sort of on the, one of the reasons I'm sort of on the radio. He got too busy. I thought you told me, like, there were other people that did that. Well, there was. There's all kinds of people. There's all kinds of reasons that I ended up doing this and not going fishing on Saturday morning. (laughs) But he's the reason that he's actually in a roundabout way on this radio station because he wanted to do JDA. Yeah. And he he also wanted to be on where Larry was. ESX. Yeah. Because they were the same owner. ESX, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Larry had too much stuff going on, gave it up. Yep. I came in. And then when JDA, I thought Junior Damato did that. I thought he got you into it. Well, he he's the one that he's the one that got me comfortable doing it. Okay. So then I decided I want to do it myself. Yeah. And then so I owe Junior, I mm-hmm. owe Larry, I owe Dennis. So I you owe, owe you. me nothing. I owe you. <laughs> yeah, I owe you. I bought candy bars for you. Yeah, the kid. So I, you know that's the other thing I was going to say. I moved just the stuff off the the the, uh, the broken one chair, chair we that, have here? that yeah. I have here. Yeah. And uh, there's like 18 candy bars in your coat. What's <laughs> I, up with that? I, I'm supporting what. Your, uh, my choir. son, my son, to be able to go to, um, oh. uh, um, yeah, some Six choir. Flags out no. in, yeah. You yeah, have any for, more? With course, I don't. Well, bring some next week, and I'll. You may have another box next week. I don't know. Okay. Depends. Depends how they're doing. I love uh, su- to support kids that uh, go around and actually make an effort to sell things to bring about some kind of income for their cause. I like that. Yeah. All right. It's yeah. a good lesson. Yeah. No, it's all. It's all. It's all good things, and. Uh, and I'll donate the candy bar back to the. <laughs> I've done. I, I've done, I can't eat it. Yeah, I've done that before. I've said. I said. Uh, yeah, I'll buy some. Now just keep yeah. uh, raffle tickets to stuff I don't really want. Right. Yeah. So like, I'll just buy a raffle. Sell it again. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And make twice the money. Yeah. Yep. There's although, a reward for that. Somewhere. Although, although once though somebody was selling car wash car, car wash passes, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's actually a, that's a good idea. I can go get my car washed and yeah. support some kids thing. Yeah. So it's all good. It's, it's like the old, you drive past North Quincy High, they yeah. have a car wash there yeah. every week, right? Yeah. Same yeah. thing. But this was actually a real car wash. But this so. way the kids don't have yeah. to actually work. They don't have to work. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> like them. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, the piano guy's playing, which means right now, from now till I don't know what time, there's going to be the very best in Irish music. It's gonna be, there's going to be remotes all over the place. Johnny Costello's out. He's at Mix Wiggins. We'll check in with him momentarily. And, uh, and then there's uh, Bobby Brooks is somewhere. I saw uh, Matt O'Donnell be at Bun Ratty. I, with saw, Bobby I saw them in, in separate while. cars going in different directions. Yeah. I saw the giant inflatable uh, leprechauns. Who knows what they're up to? <laughs> it's it's going to be crazy. They they had me model for that though. I had to didn't, st- didn't they? Yeah. yeah. You were heavier then. I was. Yeah, you're thinner now. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Hey, we got to go. Uh, very best in Irish music coming up. Um, until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye bye.